The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by NervousWater.com. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Reels and Cortland Fly Lines. Power Pole. Total Boat Control. Ketterfly Apparel. From time on the water to you. Beast Brushes. We stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, we hit record. It's countdown. Welcome back to another show, folks. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and I'm here with my co-host, Volts Jefferans. (laughs) G'day, Chris. How you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, mate. I'm uh, true to my namesake. I'm sort of all squiggly all over the place, but uh, full of the good oil. Yeah. All the good oil. <laughs> it's a good way for that to put that to be just being called Volts Jefferans. And uh, and thank thank God you're here, mate. And the podcast has not had a vasectomy yet. That's great. <laughs> yeah, well, I can think of a few without without any beef. But anyway, so what, yeah. what have you been up to, dude? Uh, not much, just working, mate. Just working, getting on top of things after the NZ trip, and um, work, work, workity work. Uh-huh. A lot of work. Uh, I don't go fishing in school holidays, mate. I don't. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I don't like any any part of the school holidays, weekends, public holidays. So we've got Anzac Day coming up. So you know, it's tough weather. I'm just not going to go. But I believe that you have been out. Excuse me. I just had a huge meal of Subway, mate. I had a full foot long. Oh, look, I'm sure that's uh, it's nothing new for you. What was on it? Uh, just chicken, mate. Just chicken? Yep. Okay. Yeah, foot-long sub full of chicken. Do you, um, did you get the olives, the pickles? I, I, I could tell you right now, without, without any shred of losing any confidence in what I'm about to say, in that yeah. I can tell you that no one gives a shit what I had on my sandwich. We're more interested in what happened with you fishing. Ah, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, fishing. I went I went out in uh, Moreton Bay. Uh, we chased tuna. I mean, me and my good buddy Kyle. It was a last-minute thing. Um, I've been away camping. It's funny you should mention uh, the school holidays. I've been away with a whole bunch of kids, schoolmates, and their mums and dads and that sort of thing. And 
That was uh, Thursday, Friday. I think we were packing up, and I just happened to look at the weekend, as Kat mentioned. Uh, we haven't got much on, just unpacking. And I thought, oh, two birds, one stone. I had a look when you know it's Saturdays, looking glam on the sea breeze. So, um, yeah. St- still looking at sea breeze. Oh, fuck, mate. I don't really, you know. It's got to be the most inaccurate app going, I reckon. It's that- better than the bomb. Fuck. Well, well, are you looking at the marine forecast or Medi? Medi. You find Medi not accurate at all? Uh, oh, it's, had, it's had its moments for me, that's for sure. Yeah. Man, Seabreeze uh, is so general, you know? It's so... It could be... It applies to the whole of Morton Bay, just about. Oh, I just choose which, you know, which, um, um, you know... Reading you want there, and it's yeah, it's good enough. It's good fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, I got no doubt. I like I like that other one you put me on too, windy. Um, you know, but that um, if I'm where we were staying up at uh, up at Barumba, you didn't have great um, uh, connectivity. So. Anything what was that, that, mate? I thought you said it was a last minute thing. Hey. I thought you said it was a last minute thing. Yeah, well, we're still up there, mate. And oh. Yeah, so so people who uh, you know sometimes listen to the other person talk, they might have picked up that. You know, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of aggression <laughs> coming out. We, we yeah, were coming out here. We were. Did packing you not up. land any fish or something? Hey, did you not land any fish or something? At Barumba. No. No, we, are, we didn't fish in Barumba, man. You knew that. No, no, you were talking about fishing for in Moreton Bay, and yeah, you just you got a lot of aggression. I'm thinking there's a lot. Seems like there's a lot that might be left on the table here, you know? Uh, I don't know, man. I just I thought, I thought, <laughs> I sort of thought you were, you were, because uh, of our pre-chat, where I told you that we didn't land anything because everything got eaten by sharks. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's, yeah, that's true. I eaten. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah way, to, way to kill a story, man. <laughs> anyway, so we, um, <laughs> we, we went out. We found some tuners, uh, found a couple of good long tails, found some Mac tuners. Um, we, uh, well, long story short, thanks, dude. We we got um, got eaten by sharks under the boat. Actually had this shark come up. We watched it on the sounder. Like we, um, we hooked up and Kyle's like, oh, you know, this thing's about 10 metres down, mate. We got an arch. We went, oh, yeah, we know how this ends. You can almost hear the music, eh? And then... Um, yeah, towards the end of the fight, you know, the arch rose into water level. And then um, the student is right next to the boat. There's a shark. The lazy thing's missed his opportunity. And, mate, as soon as, um, as, soon as those words sort of left my, my lips, there it is. This bloody, say, seven, six or seven foot of, of bull shark or, or whatever. And it just, you know, it doesn't sound that big till you're looking at it. But this thing comes out. It wasn't as big as that one you and I saw, that, you know, that, that two dolphin one. Mm. Yeah, um, and, but yeah, this thing looked lazy. It was just sort of hanging around. I thought, oh, this this guy's, you know, this guy's a piece of shit. Anyway, um, he waited. He was just an, an experienced campaigner. He just waited till the tuna was proper knacked. And um, anyway, we're at that stage, probably about 10 seconds from, from sticking a hand in the water to lift him out, which we're never going to do because we can see this thing. And he just went nuts. He just went violent. And this tuna, I was down near the stern, and the, the shark come in, mistimed it. Couldn't find a tuna. I got excited. Whacked, like we assuming it whacked the motor because it was a mighty jolt to the boat. 
and then um anyway then it spun around the front the tuna was up up near the the bow and this thing just breathes this i don't know mid-sized mac tuna in like without touching the size just whoop and then um you know i'm all excited trying to steer this thing out of the way that the, the tuna got breathed in by the shark i'm you know acting the goat my rod snaps this thing and i'm all pissed off lost the tuna broke me rod and then we you know i'm cutting the shits and kyle goes hey dude your uh, your depth sound is fucked i'm like what he goes your depth sound is fucked Give me a look at that thing. So the side side imaging and all of that was stuffed. And oh, fuck, that was just working. We we're just looking at this thing come up on the up on the, the you know on the sounder. And he goes, yeah. Um, so I looked over the back, and yeah, it, it hit hit the transducer and and bumped it up. Um, it's a pretty sturdy transducer on them garments, but this guy uh, this guy had hit it real hard. And uh, later that night, I got home and when I was washing the boat down, I was. Oh, I'm looking, looking at it. Yeah, it looks like some couple of, I don't know what you should call them, like teeth or, or it's got been hit pretty hard, eh? So, um, yeah. The bullets are uh, nastier. Yeah. I'd hate to be out there on a kayak, eh? You know? Yeah. I think I think that's trouble waiting to happen, you know? Um, who knows? Did maybe. you see people out there on a kayak? No, I saw lots of jet skiers. You know, I was thinking, oh, an opportunity meets for them you know but um you know you wouldn't wish that on someone obviously but yeah pretty scary mate um so that guy that was one and yeah we had we had a few others eating that day and and kyle got a real nice proper bay longy uh to eat and um uh you know after a long long stalk and he he got most of the fight done uh i reckon we're conservatively three or four minutes away from from landing that guy and we didn't even see anything on the sounder, so we were getting our hopes up. And Kyle looks down and he goes, oh, there's a little little shark on it. And then um, I look over and this, this shark was smaller than the tuna. So we thought, oh, no, this you know, nothing going to happen. And, yeah, um, it has a little bit of a run and then, then a really big, you know, the rod, the rod surges, another big run and just kept going and then a line popped. Um, you know, it was unmistakably a... Another shark had eaten it, and bam, that was it, man. Um, so, really disappointing uh, from that point of view. And, uh, yeah, um, sort of got me thinking about about tuna fishing, man. Um, we hadn't spoken about this, but quite, uh, you and I before the show, and, and, and quite often, like, listeners need to be aware that, you know, Chris and I will have a chat about things so, so that, you know, although we, look, we like to keep things fairly candid and organic, like, we just want to brush over things so i apologize in advance for blindsiding chris on this um I, it got me and kyle talking about um really like what are you what are we doing if, if all of our fish are getting eaten like are we are we actually adding to the problem um you know is is you know fishing from from that point of view and um you know doing more more harm than good to the resource uh we're reinforcing this you know, sort of behaviour in sharks, uh, you know, because there was us, there was our boat, that's, you know, there was four tuna eaten by sharks and heard of another boat had two and another boat had, you know, a few, and they're just the circle of friends who were out on that day. Um, you know, so you're starting to talk about a significant number of fish eaten by sharks that have gone from the ecosystem. It's not catch and release. They're gone. They're dead. It's like if you necked them, right? Mm. So... I don't know, like, yeah, and, and 
I'm not going to be the guy, like I've, I've seen in the past how people don't like being told how to party, right? So I'm not going to go down that path because, you know, my choices are my choices, like not sending flies or, or you know, um, ca- you know, casting at, at uh, billfish, at, you know, from boats only in neutral. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, man. Uh, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to tell people what to do but that's where i'm at at the moment i'm just sort of thinking you know if if i know there's something a good chance of something getting sharked whether it you know be morton bay harvey bay whatever then i'm probably you know i gotta say it's not really attractive to me to fish uh that that resource of just either feeding the, the sharks but also um finishing off that resource like killing it it's, it's pretty it's not doesn't doesn't rest well with me you know so, yeah, we've, we've spoken a bit on other shows that it, we've, you know, we've come to establish that it's a very good chance it is contributing to the issue because it's learned behaviour from such a high-end predator, and uh, they're learning that boats are the dinner bell, which, you know, is is not something that's come about from this season. It's been many years of knowing that. Um, yeah. You know, did you participate in the shark app with that stuff? Yeah, it was funny. I was thinking about when I. You know, uh, when I was going to talk about this tonight, I was thinking, oh, should I should I bring that up? The shark app that we spoke, spoke about, Doctor Owen. Um, yeah, I will I will log that. Um, but yeah, he is he's aware. He's a participant on um, one of the saltwater fly fishing forums where they where this conversation, you know, about how many fish are getting sharked in some spots is coming up. You know, um, but but also I've heard of people having quite good shark free sessions you know further north um and it's sort of funny how it's not funny but it's never funny but it's ironic and um uh, unusual that there's areas that are far more sharky than others you know even within morton bay shipping channels for example wow yeah would you would you say that these areas are more subject to population more accessible the areas that are more accessible as the boats are more sharky than other areas, even within Morton Bay. Oh, that's a really good question, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I sort of think, you know, if it's a good day, then the area that even a you know a four meter tinny can go is the same as you know an eighteen foot fiberglass, something like that. So I, I, I think yeah. that's a, that's a really blurry line on a map. Well. That we make. No. Before you, before you like put the you know like the rubber stamp on that one, people are creatures of habit as well. They're not going to spend a glam glam day exploring when they can go to the places that they know. At the same time, yeah, you know that's I mean? true. So yeah. I mean, it's uh, there would be it would be an interesting it'd be interesting to work out the correlation between the the popular spots and the shark population. Uh, generally, the popular spots are spots that the fish congregate as well. So I mean. Uh, it's hard, it's a hard one to sort of um, establish, really, because you're not no point in going where the fish aren't. So you know, there's spots of popularity, whether they're places that people can get to, or because of the fish are there. Um, but at the same time, there's plenty of places in Morton Bay that the fish will will be, and there's plenty of places that are more accessible than others in that circumstance as well. Like uh, the north end of the Pearl isn't isn't that easy to get to, for example, all the time. But it's a good spot. Yeah, it's a great spot. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. But again, you know, one of the one of our best eats from a shark came came from this so around that area. You know, um, you know, I'm hearing places. You know, obviously shipping channel. 
down the um, uh, you know down the inside of Morton and you know off Bribey and that it can be downright downright ugly, man. Um, you know, yeah, so. the lagoons off Bribey were the first place I experienced it. Like in, in those days, you know, like sharkings were rare. Yeah. You know, when uh, when the bribe when the lagoons off Bribey were starting to really cook as far as shark activity was concerned. That was the place it would happen. It was known that that was the only well, not well. It was generally considered the only place it would happen. But look mm. at it now. I mean, you used to you used to hear about it not happening off the sunny coast too, but it happens like quite a bit now, from what I hear. Eh? I haven't been out for years. Like as in like my, my own boat. I haven't had a yeah. boat to get out for a long time. But man, it was such a big part of my life to the point where I decided with my new boat that I wasn't really interested in doing it anymore because I'd done so much of it, and it seems to have changed so much in that time frame. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? It does feel a little bit different, um, you know, and I have to say, I mean, you know, I'm the same as you. I, I loved tuna fishing. I love tuna fishing, you know, but um, it's sort of it's taken a bit of a gloss off it for me, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that that is, a, that is a guilt issue for me. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's different. It is different. Um, yeah, definitely... The, I'd, I'd say the sunny coast, in my opinion, right now has has less, you know, sharkings per hookup than than further south in Morton. But I'm hearing, I'm hearing off, you know, well, you know, obviously Harvey's well known for it. And, um, you know, different different fishing people have have different opinions on where it starts to pick up again as you head further north. There's definitely hot spots and cold spots for it. Some people seem to think it's water temperature related and that it that it drops off when you know the temperature drops i've also heard people talk about water depths like you know a certain depth of fish don't the sharks don't you know are far less common i i don't you know i'd like to believe that was true too but i don't know man the only way that that sort that sort of data could be correlated into facts and information would be the people to participate in that shark app really at the end of the day yeah yeah, yeah i agree yeah, science will only work when when it's got data points attached to it, and you know this, this is particularly a case of citizen science. Where if we're all sitting on our hands or just speculating and, and not and not logging these these heinous events, then um, you know we're not really uh, moving in any direction. Um, so yeah, yeah, you raise a very good point there, Chris. Log it, log it, people. Log yeah. on, brother. Blog on, flog on, log on. Yeah, <laughs> the great, the great three, blog, flog, and log. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was uh, there's a few spotties around too at the moment. Um, Pretty late for them. Yeah, it does feel late for them. Eh? I mean, we're look, we're halfway through April. You know, we're looking May fair in their eyes. Um, it sort of felt like that. I'm saying, I don't know, the water temperature dropped off March, but the air temperatures, you know, like it's uh, it's definitely autumn, eh? Um, yeah, it's it's so. a it's a classic year, if you know what I mean. Like it's uh it's 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 happening pretty smoothly. Everything everything is uh, the weather transition. It's definitely autumn. That feels autumn. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, can I ask? Um, you're a bit of a weather watcher. You've seen um, you've seen no doubt people are talking about uh, El Nino or even you know what what in effect could be a super El Nino building. Um, in, and that's based on a number of of. Uh, uh, water temperature models that show the the Central Pacific rising up uh, in temperature. But look, um, what are your thoughts on the first year of El Nino after 
a prolonged period of La Nina. We spoke about this on the last show, remember? Uh, might have gone over my head, but yeah, look. No, we did. We, we we spoke about the Goldies in a correlation to that time frame. Um, yeah. We spoke about the, the um, how good the tuna season has been through El Nino at, uh, as, and how, how much it dropped off through La Nina at um, La Nino at um, uh, El Nino and La Nina, I should say. <laughs> I get confused between the two. I just know the L and La but, uh, and what ones each are. But uh, look, I, I don't, to be honest here, like um, I do watch the weather, but locally um, I do observe patterns and I, I look at them. I, I relate back to them because I don't have it in any notes or anything like that. I don't have in my head going, it's a La Nina or El Nino. But I just know which years we've been wetter uh, in drought based on dam levels and, and flood events and stuff. I don't know how the fishing was in that time, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's my own little system, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I can exactly recall, question. I, can, I can definitely recall patterns uh, in relation yeah. to both tuna uh, or pelagics, really. Pelag- tuna, trevally. Um, yeah, and basically tuna and yeah, tuna and trevally, really, I guess. And that's what I mainly re- correlate it to. But I don't yeah. really have to worry about tuna much these days. So, yeah. but I mean, I still pay attention. I still watch and and um and go out and see what goes on with the tuna. But the tuna, the tuna fishing has been exceptional through the um. Uh, I actually there's something else. I was actually talking to um to a mate this afternoon in regards to this because the the um the jewfish and the threadfin uh, in the local area have really dropped off while the while the uh, while the rain events have been around the floodings and things like that as well. I mean they they. Their years of recruitment, um, but they they don't seem to sort of um, be thick in the river. But the years where they, the years where they, um, where the where the drought or, or it doesn't rain as much, generally makes um, better fishing in that in those circumstances. So, quite looking forward to. Um, I would have thought, I would think that this year would see some. We'll see some good results in that respect. Uh, could be wrong, but uh, I'm only going by I'm only I'm only going by other people's observations in um, in the years of like say late 2000s, early teens. I guess you could say the way it fished back then. Yeah. And then the way it's fished in the in between because that was that was that was times of drought and now it's been times of flood since what 2011 um, 2011 till last year to put it that way. I guess you could say that seems to be the um the, the wet weather pattern that we have and I think we we're, we're about to go into a dry period. So I yeah. think the fishing will change and we I've only look I've only been fly fishing and chasing the species that I want with fly fishing through Oh, the tail end of one and into another one, um, but I've experienced two two flood of two two rain periods. Do you know what I mean? Two wet periods and and um, and two dry periods. I'm about to come into my third dry period. I guess you'd say. I re- I would reckon. Yeah right. Yep. Yeah. Did I answer your question, or did I just um, confuse the shit out of everyone? Oh, I don't know, man. No, it, uh, it it did sort of answer one of the questions. Um, probably raised some more. Um, but yeah, it, it is an interesting scenario. I mean, you know, with the general consensus is, you know, with drought on land, drought on sea, but, you know, we've had relatively abundant, certainly the last three, four years, above average rainfall. Um, well, uh, you look at it like the, you look at it, you could go back and say that like, uh, you know, the Barra Dance, for example, like how good they got for a while there in the, in the, through the thousands, 2000s, right? Was because they didn't go over, and they haven't been any good really since since the 2011 floods. They haven't recovered as well as they had when they. I mean, those dams have been there for a very long time, 
they really only hit the fish the fishing media in all forms not just fly fishing from i don't know maybe 2001 2002 you know uh sort of around that sort of time you know they that's yeah it's um it's just very interesting to look back on on these trends and ebbs and flows as far as what goes on i mean they're only they're only trending because the fishing is so good but they they're cyclic they fall fall off the tuna fishing was as was was really bad through those years as well though you know i mean there's still fishing getting done a lot of people fishing getting done but I can remember hearing in maybe mid 2000s people telling stories of the late 90s like can you remember when the schools were this thick that we just have five boats around and we just take turns and yeah. ask who's going to have their next shot well i believe it's been like that in the last few years as well you know but it hadn't been for for a number of years prior uh i'm getting pretty muddy with it but anyway it's well, uh, it's there is, yeah there is one more i'll just jump in there's two, there's one um there is moderating factors there's there's certainly years where um you know, with, with the tuna season, for want of a better word, if, if there's, you know, a high number of weekends with fishable weather, then, yeah, there's, there's going to be people, well, a lot more tuna caught, you know. Um, and, you know, if there's there's been years where it felt like, you know, that um, that there wasn't a whole, like there was prolonged periods of southeasterlies, for example, or, or whatever, um, where you just couldn't get out, it was just too strong, it was just too, un, you know, too uncomfortable, or it was better options. Um, then you know, not a not a whole lot of fishing got done, and conversely, less tuna got caught. Um, you know, so that that is a thing for for tuna fishing that probably doesn't affect so much some of the other inshore and freshwater options. Yeah, yep. Well, I mean, you could go further and split hairs on that and say, are we talking about people who fish weekends or people who can fish anytime as well? You know, I mean, like it, it'd be it'd be just as possible to run the same lotto numbers every week and and come up as it would be to say that every weekend's going to be shit you know what i'm saying it's a it's a it's a game of chance in that respect but uh, look we're splitting hairs on stuff that doesn't really matter there i guess really but uh um it's a it's an interesting metric that you propose really when when you could look you could you could you could dissolve it in, in 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 maybe that way i suppose so but at the same time it's still fair enough because that's when the majority of people are fishing as well yeah yeah we talk to tackle shop owners and and you know um you know i'm talking walk-ins here that uh traditionals and they just pray for good weather on a weekend because you know there's people coming in and buying stuff yeah and that you know whether they're buying a dream or or actually replacing tackle or whatever who knows mm. yeah is it, it makes sense makes sense yeah. anyway yeah. it's anyway well it's good to see you got some you got some backing done mate and um um and that's that brings up an interesting topic of something that i've had a few conversations with this week and in fact um is is backing and probably more so about setting up reels uh and some and some um information in regards to setting up reels i guess you could say that uh that that uh, might not be might be easily overlooked um backing is a good place to start in that respect uh i'm guessing you're running you're running billet reels you're running aluminium bar stock hey reels yeah. reels I yeah. do, I do too. Which pretty much means that we can run gel spun with our reels, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. Oh, it's it's going to ruffle a few feathers. Well, not many because I don't know many using it. But you know, um, uh, you know, many people using Dacron on on reels where they're actually you know using the drag or or using the backing. Um, yes and no, um, because some reels don't need to be aluminium for people to use that. Uh, back when I had the Cortland combos in the shop, they all had Dacron on them. 
Uh-huh. And um, and those guys using the Dacron for that. I tell you what, if I could get, if I was confident that I wasn't going to use the, the the line capacity in some of those reels, I'd prefer to use Dacron than than gel spun. It's the only line capacity that makes me use gel spun. I used to like Bionic, the Harrow Star, because it was flat and it was bigger. Like um, it was it was bigger than say Jigman, which I've made the mistake of using in the past, like around gel spun uh or spectra uh, or dyneema or whatever the fuck it is but uh right. um but um the stuff that harrow made just like uh i mean which isn't as thick as dacron i really enjoyed it for guiding it back on the reel because it wouldn't cut my fingers if my hands were wet or something yeah you know? it was very comfortable to lay on it wouldn't cut in itself it was flat you know yeah so you um, had, well it, it had a it had a round profile as an 8.8 and, well uh, what yeah it, so did squish down like into a very usable shape. It's pretty good. The um, yeah, some of the well, the big difference too is a lot of the Japanese ones are, are rated on um, PE. Well, yeah, PE as opposed. Well, you know, even even Harrow would say that is is fifty pound. You know, designated be, uh, bionic braid was breaking at seventy something. Yeah, are you sure it was round? Because I mean, I, I used to have that jig man, and it was round, and you could feel it. It would cut, and it would cut into itself, whereas Harrow stuff, man, you could almost like push it together like a finger trap and it would just go flat, you know? Yeah, well, I guess I would say it's a function of the, the construction. It was, a, it was a, a different sort of weave, like it was an 8x8. And What does that mean? Well, it was basically there was more, more weaves, like more... Like an 8-pick. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just more per thing, you know? Right. Uh, per centimeter there was you know more but more weaving so this confuses me because like you look at like the call and um the hollow core stuff it's it's a 16 pick and it's flat mm. you know like that's what that stuff's so nice on your fingers as well you know but it's um but it, it affords more light capacity than say something like bionic harrow stuff you know yeah right yeah. but uh it's interesting, but uh, getting back to what you're saying, as far as Dyneema, not Dyneema, Dacron's concerned, I would use Dacron if I got the line capacity out. It just pretty much halves your line capacity. Yeah, yeah. Are you worried about it holding water, though? Not really. Why, why would it be any different to... Um, I don't really know what Dacron's made of, to be honest with you. I don't know that much about it. Does the fibre in Dacron absorb water itself, does it? Well, apparently, I'm only told, because I don't use it but i'm told that you know dacron does um <clears throat> does absorb water whether it stays you know within the material or or within the weave i'm not sure because um, i mean a spillful of gel spun is going to hold water too yeah it might hold less so I'm, I'm just going what i've what i've heard might be popular popular opinion or not um does dacron rot though like is is that is that an issue I don't know either. When I say I'd prefer, I would use it if I could. I mean because it's, it's just so much easier to over your fingers, for when you yeah. when you guide it back. There's, I, I, yeah, I don't know what you do to guide gel spun back on your reel, but um, I like to guide it back on my fingers so it's crisscrossing back all the way. You know, yeah. um, so yeah, sorry. Same here. And yeah. when it cuts like that, you you know, like it's you you feel it on every fish, yeah. and it's uh, not fun. Yeah. Or if it cuts on the way out, if you somehow get your fingers in the way for whatever reason. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, that's the only reason I think, only because it's uh, you know, like I was such a big fan of the of Harrow's uh, bionic brain, 
you know it was um it didn't do that as easily and like i said i've made the mistake of using the color-coded jig jig braid in the past jig man in particular and i um i got better line capacity and it looked cool but it wasn't uh, fun to use that's for sure yep mm. yeah yeah well it's it's um i think i think uh you know gel spun is very popular for for anglers that are that are hoping to hook fish that run into the run well into the backing that way because of line capacity i mean you got like you got more drag with dacron i guess like this it would it would slow fish down quicker um you know like i, I wonder i mean there's a lot i'm just going to google them dacron material does it rot okay i've just googled that too uh, the first result says is resistant to mold or mildew and rot and then you know you slide down a bit from that um uh, you know, people using Dacron mainsails, rotting. Um, uh, mm. It has a large diameter. It does rot through UV damage, even though it has a wax and protected. Blah blah blah. Um, it was very, you know, Dacron was very popular with game fishermen um, mm. for a long time. But yeah. it's not water. It's not waterproof. It says too. But I guess yeah. that's as a, as a fabric, right? I mean, like like canvas, I guess. But uh, but then again, you wouldn't have gel spun fabric either so that's probably not a very good wipe that strike that from the record please gel spun fabric no yeah. no uh, uh, look it was, it was a bit there i was googling and it says is dacron waterproof because you brought it up does it rot and um and does, or does it hold water and i just thought that was interesting to read that out without giving it any thought before i open my mouth um but then i realized that they're probably referring to things like sails like you said or or yeah. a, or a fabric or you know something like that you know so it doesn't really apply because you can't compare it to say a gel spun cloth, you're right? A gel spun sail, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm not into sailing, mate. You know, they're to me. I mean, it, it's a good skill, but it, they're the aquatic equivalent of cyclists, you know, mm. um, or caravanners, or you know, there's people who park in a free parking. Ah, you just you probably lost a few customers there. Now, listen, guys, I really love grey nomads. I reckon they're the best people in the world. I want to be one. <laughs> but I know Gelspun, um, they they actually make bulletproof vests out of some, you know, they, that ultra-high molecular weight. Um, Kevlar, isn't it? Well, some of them are, yeah. But I, I thought it was actually, um, you know, it might be a, a matrix involving Kevlar. But, yeah, that, that um, anyway, once again, I'm only going right. on what I've read. I've never been shot and I don't. I don't um, make uh, vests, but yeah, I've heard of as the um, gel spun was involved somehow. In a, oh, I in think I think what you're doing, you're messing it up with your um, gel blaster sports, right? Because you're still a um, a sergeant major in the gel sport gel. What is it? The um, uh, gel gun army? You guys call it or something? Isn't it? That's been a while, man. Yeah. Sergeant Major Volta uh, from the gel the gel gel blaster academy. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Blaster SAS. Backyard Rambos. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, walked out my front door and had um had you snipe me with gel blasters. It's um Really? It, yeah. Yeah. When I, was I, that? I beg your pardon? When was that? I couldn't I didn't recall the date because I was shell shocked at the time. Oh, I forgot about that. I was yeah. surprised. 
surprised you went outside. I was more I was more embarrassed that my neighbours might have thought that I was into it and that I was some sort of super nerd too. But um, I'm glad they didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Dacron's something that's probably more, more used, like I said, with the Cortland stuff as an example, like uh, reels that are composite material, you know, plastic or um, why? Because yeah. it's uh, because gel spine crushes the spool. Yeah, so it's strong. I've had I've had cartridge reels before that uh, I haven't put gel spine on, but I've had Dacron on it. And uh, in the early days, before I uh, forked out for a aluminium reel, um, I'd caught tuna and stuff on uh, on plastic cartridge reels like uh, BBK is it B- not BBK British fly reels BBR reels BFR yeah BFR is it yeah that was one of my first reels I bought because I thought it was great value to get a spare spool you know <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> it was a great way to get started but it uh, didn't suit once I had to uh, first tune I caught on I tried to change the, change the spool over or take it off to clean it and, and, and it wouldn't come off I had to take all the backing off to um to release the spool but apparently gel spumble can just completely crush it there's just no stretching it at all yeah yeah right yeah i think i think the maximum you can get out of stretch wise out of um most gel spuns is something like seven percent and you know that's that was stunning my... fact that's interesting yeah. you, you know that off the top of your head that's that's why you're on the big bucks dude that's so tell people me listen dacron um uh it's generally a lot thicker for a certain breaking strain than than gel spun right yeah, that's why I'm yeah. getting out with the comfort on your hands. Like a 50-pound Dacron example is going to be like pillows running over your fingers compared to a bandsaw blade of 50-pound gel spun. Yeah, yeah. And so when, say, like when you lose, say, 50 metres of Dacron off your reel, you're going to have a have a, a much smaller working diameter than losing 50 metres of gel spun off the same reel. Absolutely. Uh, also, your, your capacity, your line capacity, you go from – 300 yards to 150 yards you know as yeah. an example which as that, um, work, as that working diameter decreases the the actual drag increases correct same yeah. same with the amount of line that's out of the reel too interesting yeah. tip okay i've never done it but i've always that was one of the first bits of advice i think niall logan gave me for tuna fishing make sure you back your drag off when the, when that when all that line's out yeah the, the drag in the water too i guess you could add to that in saying that would increase to the increase to the drag yeah yeah Drag them a fly line, drag them, particularly too when um, you know if they start swimming sideways, uh, well they change direction. I guess is probably the best way of saying it, because you know then it's pulling that that same shit through the water sideways rather than just front on. You know, yeah, add yeah. drag, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't think it'd matter what you got on if they're pulling straight at you. If it's pulling, it just it's just you know less surface area acting on the drag, I suppose, whichever way you go, but. 100 percent you know dacron like you said is gonna create more drag that's why and again that's another advantage i would imagine and but i don't use it because I, because of the line capacity really that's the main thing that makes me not use it in but in saying that i wasn't aware about it rotting or anything like that mm-hmm. um and that's really interesting i wouldn't if i was to research it um dacron backing we'll put that in there i'm gonna fully jamie this um Rotting. Rotting around. Weird. No, look, there's nothing. There's nothing really downsides. No. Never had a rot problems like on stripers online. I'm seeing it there. Um, yeah. 
Uh, is there any place uh, susceptible weakness and rotting with age? Uh, there's someone asking a question in regards to that. I'm not going to open that up, but I don't know. Just a quick, quick, quick skim on Google without opening any pages up. It just um, it looks like you should change all your reels over to Dacron Vols. <laughs> Won't be out. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cheap though. Um, you know, you can get it pretty get it pretty cheap. By looks it. But uh, you know, I think on reels that are, um, you know, again we've spoken about fly reels in the past and and talked about uh you know crassly and saying that you know if you're going to fish for species that aren't going to take drag well then you know you could tie that line to your big toe the back loop put on your big toe and happy days but if you're going to have a if you're going to have a reel that's get you know might occasionally you know, catch a queenie or something like that or you know might, might even be small and catch catch a trout you know whatever um Probably not real good around light tippets and stuff, but if you just if you if you don't think you're going to have much need for line capacity, it's pretty cheap. It's easy on your fingers. It's easy to tie knots in. Yeah, yeah. Probably not that but not that big a deal. But I think that the main thing is um, the real type. You know, without without an aluminium spool, you you probably shouldn't be using gel spun. Yeah, and aluminium like a uh, machined aluminium. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I uh, guess. Um, yeah. Do you, what other types of aluminium reels are there? Do you get ones that are bolted together? Have you seen that? Are you talking about cast? Sometimes people have used a, one that's um, moulded rather than, um, you know, machined. Really? I don't. I can't recall ever seeing a cast aluminium fly reel. There's got to be... Going back to Google Vaults... <laughs> Um, yeah. Seems cast aluminium, <laughs> cast aluminium versus wrought iron fly reel. Can't be right. Wrought iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cast cast aluminium. That's um. It's it's it's. Iron fly reel would be. Sorry, what's that mean? Could you imagine how heavy that um iron? Wrought wrought iron. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cast aluminium reels are, are a done thing. Um, fully weird, very weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm look, I just googled cast aluminium fly reel, and you know, there's a uh, there's a few of those Chinese looking ones there. There's there's a big name one there. I knew that that was cast. Um, yeah, so there's a bit. To, I guess is Google giving false results now. I've seen a, a pretty high end one there. Um, mm. Yeah, man, but. Uh, yeah, it is a thing, and and yeah, so we're we're encouraging you to go for the the higher strength option uh, in the you know machined aluminium um, because if uh, well you only have to fuck up once for it to ruin your day really. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know, man. We yeah, we can encourage people to do that, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you've got a, a cartridge reel. You know, I think I think they could. They're all right. There's been plenty of situations where I've seen them work fine all day. You know, like there's fit, not every fish is going to put you on the reel. That's for sure. You know, you, you know, you, you know. I'm not going to. I was about to list species, but I know it's going to trigger people. But uh, you know. <laughs> that's always a safe one, right? Tiger, yeah. carp, carp. Yeah, yeah. Carp put you on the reel for sure. <laughs> Whether you're going to the backing, that's a whole different story. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go for the best, you know, a part of me, 
and it might be the snobbish part of me. I just like to put my best foot forward on all occasions and, and use good gear and, and not have to, you know, like I know that I get I get satisfaction out of using, you know, what's available to me in terms of, you know, better stuff. And, um, and I also like the possibility, uh, well, I like the idea of not having my day limited uh, by gear failure. So, yeah, you know. I understand that, but look, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's, um, to use a, use a lower quality reel is, you'd have to be confident in limiting yourself if you were happy to sit on that reel. Now, there's going to be people that are going to find morphing into setting up completely with fly fishing on a budget and they can't afford the reels that, that you're talking about there, you know, and I think that you might be even better off buying a cartridge reel in the interim and then yep. instead of instead of buying a shitty aluminium reel, you know, um, and then waiting until you can afford something decent, if you're in that position, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely advantages to fishing a high end reel for situations where they're not going to take drag, like balance and weight, just comfort, general comfort, and you look cool in Instagram photos for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not uh, nothing sits better on your shoulder than a thousand dollar reel. Let's face it, you know, um, you definitely take more care balancing it. Or you get you get the invisible hand of God in the background to hold the rod. <laughs> the ghost selfie, those haunted photos. Yeah, good of them. How do, they um, do it? how do they do it? How do they do it, mate? I don't know. It's one of the it's one of the eighth wonders of the world. So um, amazing. Hell, yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying. I I agree. It'd be hypocritical for me to to, to poo hoo what you're saying there, because you know I spend as much money as I can on reels too whether they're going to take drag or not. Um, uh, I just think there's a rule of thumb. If you're going to fish fish for fish that are going to take a lot of drag, then, you know, spend as much money as you can on a reel, for sure. You know, pelagic fish, tuna, GTs, things like that, for sure. But if you're going to fish for brim, you, know, <laughs> you could probably fashion a Coke can to the bottom of your rod somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Lash it on with rubber bands or something. Be right. Yeah. Do you um do you know many uh, many fly fishermen who who exclusively chase brim? We've got Jimmy Caves. Um, I know he likes to use the um, one of his favourite reels is uh, is the T bore um, Freestone, right? So uh, is it the Freestone? The, the old the one that's discontinued? Here's the yeah. Freestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stick seven size one. I know he's he's big into those. It could be a collector's thing, but you know they they're a uh, they're a good bit of gear. What is yeah. uh, Brook use? Oh, I don't know. No, Brook's, Brook's not as um, as much into the gear as he is into the fishing um, compared to a lot of people. Uh, but uh, but I mean, Brook's catching bass as well. So I mean, you know, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a little bit kid rock, you know, catching catching bass, right? <laughs> um, no, but I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's been fly fishing for a long time, man. He's got he's got no, I mean. I don't know, it seems to be a, I don't want to generalise here, but uh, a lot of people have been doing it for a long time. I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's fished his light, ultra-like gear in a lot of places, you know, he's taken those same same setups to CI and things like that yeah. as well, you yeah. know. Uh, he's not, I mean, Jimmy's, a, you know, I know you're not taking it away from the guy, like he's an incredibly skilled fisherman, very, very skilled, very, very pragmatic in his approach. The, the contradiction to that is a, is a T-Wall Freestone, that's for sure, uh, is in a pragmatic approach for setting up for brim. 
because they're never going to take drag. But they're comfortable. Sometimes feeling good about what you're using can can lift your confidence and just the the general vibe. It's a Marbo thing, you know. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Oh, totally, man. I I don't just fly fish for results. I fly fish for enjoyment, and you know, to to uh, literally, you know, get away from from you know work or or whatever. Um, and and part of that enjoyment, what lifts my enjoyment is using, you know, good to great gear. Um, and and that's you know, sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't. Um, I, I find the enjoyment in fishing becoming less and less over the years. I'm. Uh, I I see my years as finite, and I want to catch everything, and I want to do it as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. But that's... I'll still use good gear. So we we meet we meet in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. You probably, you know, at your age, might have have less. Uh, yeah, less... all all two years more than you. Um, <laughs> It's a good good point, you know. You'll get to here one day, Sonny. And, uh... <laughs> but yeah, I want to catch everything, and I want to catch it as fast as possible. And and I don't want I don't want someone fucking up the net shot, getting in my way, Dustin. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Fair enough. No, it's it. Don't don't think there's any of that, mate. Relax. Me and Dustin have been talking heaps since the last show and the show before that. It's um, we find it pretty funny. Yeah. We've just come to the conclusion that um, the best use of the word there was drongo, which was an um, which was a word that Dustin learned about whilst fishing with an Australian. Really? Oh, it was fun teaching these guys Australian words in New Zealand. That's for sure. What do they say? Fl- flame and galah. They didn't know about that. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that's You've never what... even heard of Al Stewart or Dave <laughs> Dobbin, like I said. <laughs> so Dave Dobbin, like he's, is he more famous in Australia than New Zealand? I don't know, mate. I think uh, the song was that good that we, we tried to claim Foot Rot Flats and Slice of Heaven in Australia. Like, uh, I think that anything with talent from New Zealand just starts to get sucked into the black hole that is Australia as far yeah. as the talent pool is concerned. We just claim it, mate. I wish we could claim the All Blacks and win some footy games. But <laughs> yeah. did you did you get into Foot Rot Flats as a kid? Uh, it was just a cartoon in the newspaper. I didn't see it in the TV. Oh, it was never on TV. They had one movie. Um, oh, I but, saw the movie, but I mean, I saw yeah. the movie existed, but I never saw it. Okay, I'm going to test your memory here. Okay. What What was the name of the dog? Oh, I, sh- I feel like I should know that. I was ready just to go dunno to that, but you stumped me with that one. But no, uh, was it Jess? Wasn't it just Dog? Did you call him Dog? There was a female one too, and it wasn't a female one called Jess. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, you uh, might be familiar. What about um, what was the the kid's name? Rangy. Rangy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because yeah, I had a mate called Rangy. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah you give it to him about Cool Rock Flats or what? No one, no one fed it to Rangy about anything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Rangy and his brother Tracy uh, were. Um, oh no! Yeah, yeah, they were. They were quite dominant brothers. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. There you go. Righto. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It was. It was the dog. Yeah. I just googled it. Called the dog. The dog. Yep. 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 But anyway, um, anyway, we must we, we, we must move on to more fly fishing exploits, mate. Um, while we're talking about it, it's probably a good talk, thing to talk about setting up reels and stuff like that as well. I reckon. 
because um, if anyone's new and they're listening to it, um, I learned from over the last last week. I had a casting student. Uh, shout out to Mal if you're listening. Uh, who was brand new to fly fishing at the time of the casting lesson, and um, and and I and I I listened to this guy talk about his research, and we've spoken about it on the show before about what a fucking minefield social media is. And I don't mean just Facebook and Instagram, but also YouTube, uh, any of those information sources that are, are free for anyone to load up whatever bullshit they want to sprue is. Um, is just a, such a friggin' minefield. It's crazy, and and the poor dude was just so confused about stuff. And when you when you know it, it's it's a great it's a great um, pleasure to be able to say to someone, listen, man, just if you're gonna fish for stuff that's gonna take drag, spend some money. If it's not, tie coat can on. That's it. That's it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all. I mean, that's 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 the most crass and basic advice. And I'm sure he realised I'm not serious about a coat can, but. Um, you know all that sort of stuff, and and it, it's it may it struck me that there's a lot of small things and, and certain things that are sort of taken for granted within within that. I think that if we were to maybe for the remainder of the show, perhaps if we can um, bore people to death enough, we could um, we could talk about the uh, you know the setting up a reel, setting up a fly reel. Like you might you might hear us talk about something and say to yourself, "Oh, I didn't do that." Um, when I was sold the um, the, the calling combos, which are sadly no longer available, uh, I kept one. I kept one in each size for myself because I liked them. They were great. I still do. Um, and there was a left hand wind. Um, actually, on that subject, let me ask you: what What do you do? You do you wind with your right hand? Because this is this is something that that this guy saw online and watched um, watched people have strong opinions of whether they whether 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 there was beef to be had or not. But um, it's interesting. I, I'm pretty sure I know what you do. I've never taken notice. But uh, what what do you do with casting and winding, and why? So I'm right-handed. I cast yep. right. Um, I strip left. Um, hang on. I just said it's a sorry grain. I can't. Remember. If you're going to buy a reel, right? Yeah, I set it up so- right-handed. Yep. So do I. Why do you do it that way? Uh, because. When I started, the advice was you want to uh, wind with your, your dominant hand because um, with salt water in particular, you'll be doing a lot lot, lot more winding. Um, and quite often, you'll have to do it quite fast. Um, or you'll be fighting something, you know, that requires you to really crank down. Um, so, yeah, with, with that in mind, you know, you obviously want to be using your, your dominant hand there for uh, strength. Uh, speed and endurance and just wins on all three of those yeah. um, with the only downfall being the relative well for me the relatively simple task of changing hands after you cast uh you know well not after you cast but you know doing that so yep yeah well i want to i want to add to that and saying that's the same thing i do as well and for the same reason uh yeah yeah um so if you're listening to this and and you've you've been listening to someone who um Again, I really encourage you, to whoever you're listening to, to go and see their page and make sure that they're at least catching fish or doing any fishing based on their advice that they're offering um, before you uh, get sucked down that rabbit hole. But I think you'll find that most people, most people, I reckon 99% of the people that I've fished with for salt water or anything that's going to take drag are whining with their dominant hand. Now, I've watched, I've listened to several casting students and I've, list, I've listened to other people talk about, yeah, but I've read 
somewhere or have heard someone say that you you know you you don't want to waste the time in swapping your rod over. Not once with any of the fish that I've ever caught have I felt as though I'm disadvantaged to let the line get on the reel and while the line's spinning, take two seconds just to pass that rod over in the other hand. Not once did I feel like, uh-oh, I'm going to lose this fish in between this. Not once. It doesn't even enter your mind. It's, there's no risk in it at all. I don't see the disadvantage or the advantage of whining with the, line, the hand that you're not dominant with. I've watched people that have set up like that because they're being inverted commas told to, and um, and they do exactly what I do when I have to use a left hand wine reel, and that is I hang on to the handle of the reel and I move the rod with my right hand. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Have yeah. you seen that? Do you know exactly what I mean or not? Yeah, run that through me through me again. So if you met, like I can't I can't wine like I, I there was a time we were fishing fishing up Harvey Bay. And, uh, Snowy was on the boat. I can't remember who else. I think it might have been Andy Vocker. But um, I snapped. I had a Sage XI2 and it snapped. And um, and uh, so I had, that was my only rod I had for, for tuna at the time. And um, uh, so Snowy lent me his rod because there was just huge bait balls there. Like the boat was just drifting in them and they weren't moving. It was too much to not um, not fish. And he goes, he just used my rod. I caught a Mac tuna on, on his rod. I can't remember what it was. It was an Orvis. Um, Think of the real bat and kill. Um, so I didn't have a lot of drag, it was just like a little thumb thing at the back, N- not a lot of drag at all. I don't know, we know what the drag consists of, but it was left hand. And mate, it was such a mission to get that thing in. Uh, because I so what I did was I just I couldn't I get cramping when I was trying to wind it like normal because it's such an odd action, my muscles aren't used to it. So I'd get like pump, like when you're holding it when you're riding a motorbike, you know, that wrist pump sort of feel. Um, Anyway, so I just grabbed the handle and like imagine if you grab the handle of the reel on your left hand and it held it still and completely still and just use grab the rod with your right hand and move the rod up around, like move that around the handle. So if do you know what I mean? Am I making sense? Yep. yep Have you never had to do that before? Oh, no, I haven't because I haven't fished left handed, but I, I can't picture what you're talking about. I've watched people that like I said that have set up their reels left handed because they've been told to. That do that. It was that. It was actually a video I saw today online. I was going to send it to you actually. And going, look at his. Look at this dude. He's always been told to set up his real left hand wine. Come here, what it was. I think. I think it was like some dollies or something like that. Um, anyway, um, I don't think you should feel a disadvantage if you if you run with your wine with your right hand. Me and Volts are telling you how to live your life, mate. Just go right handed. It's all good. Yeah, go your hardest. Yeah, <laughs> don't feel bad. It's only weird the first time. It's only weird the first time. It's only if you if you wine with your right hand and you set up your brand new fly rod to fly fish with and wine with your left hand, you really need to get yourself a vest at the same time. Yeah, Yeah. little (laughs) lambs will patch some elbow patches, things like that. Really jump into the whole the whole um, scene, you know. But if you're into just catching fish and you want to use a fly rod to catch it, then just do what's the fastest way and the easiest way to do it for yourself. Yeah. There's so much hard. There's so much stuff that's hard with fly fishing. So much stuff that's challenging. Why why wine with a hand that doesn't work the best, in my opinion? Good point. Great point, mate. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with it. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So we we talked about backing. Um, <laughs> If you're going to put your own, oh, this was going to say with the um, I swapped the the reel over from left to right hand with the coil and setups, and 
the good people at Corlin, um, when I had to swap it over, because when you swap it over, you have to take the backing off and put it on the other way. And when I took it right down, there was no Arbonaut. Or just the backing was <laughs> the backing was just was just on there with um I look trust me I contacted everyone who bought one I said hey I've just discovered this uh, take all the backing off and put an arbor knot on there or you're going to be in trouble but yeah, it was just stuck on with stuck sticky tape just to start it off and then they wound it on yeah right yeah so That's crazy <laughs> well it's um you know they're um they're they're combos that were sub four hundred bucks you know so um. Yeah, it is what it is. Good, good rods. That's what you're paying for, and a good line. The the reel, the backing. We're, we're good enough to do the job if you're getting started for sure. You know, a mistake I've seen when people putting backing on for the first time is um, doing an arbor knot, but just doing one one loop around the arbor, and mm. then uh, basically the arbor spins within the knot. If that mm. makes sense. Um, yep. It's, I mean, it, it sounds like captain simplicity here, but, you know, make sure you you do an, enough turns. I, I quite often do 10 or even 20 just to be sure, to be sure. Um, and, and then tie the, the, the arbor knot um, just so it, it bends down uh, properly and doesn't doesn't spin on the arbor because I have seen that happen a surprising amount or people describe it to me and say, oh, how frustrating it is and how do you stop this? And... Um, yeah, it's, it's quite um, uh, – it's easily avoidable and it's, it's a surprisingly common uh, comment made by some people. So some people out there are either, you know, getting bad advice or just not real common sense. Yeah. I've, never, I've never done that many turns. I usually do three. Um, yep. I find it works for me. Um, but I know that – I've never done this, but I know that some of the conventional dudes, when they spool up, they'll put plaster tape on the spool first. Yep. You know, to give it some gripping. Some gripping. No, no slipping. Uh-huh. More we gripping, less slipping. Plaster tape. What, which specific one are you using, mate? Elastoplast. Oh, okay. So like a, an actual, uh, like a Band-Aid rather than, you know, something that, you know, might be used in cementitious endeavours. Yeah, not not cement cementitious plasters, mate, um, or uh, lime based plasters or anything like that. Yeah, um, right. we're not after any natural finishes here. We're just after to know more gripping and less slipping. I don't know if you heard me, but I I just said more gripping, less slipping. Okay, yep, sounds good, man. Yeah, elastoplast, but you could put that down. I mean, even a tab of that would probably be enough. Uh-huh. I might make a little bit of a lump under there. I don't know, mate. It's not for me. I just do three, ten to twelve, man. That's um. That's some real security going on there. Well, it's an insecurity. Yeah. Just, yeah, you've got like a lot of security from born from insecurity, right? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like mistakes. I don't like you know a little nasty surprise waiting for you when you when you hook that big fish and it gets you all the way down to the arbor knot and then you're trying to crank on it and bam, you know. You've been down to the arbor knot many times in your life, mate. Well, it's funny you bring that up. Um, I haven't, and I don't think there's any prizes for getting down there. No one thinks nah. spooled, hey? Like, it's like, yeah, I got spooled. Yeah, you got tooled, mate. You idiot. You got You're not. We're not in a boat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've never come close to it either. You know, I, I've always loaded my reels up. Not so much these days, but in the early days, you know, I've got reels that have handled huge line capacities, like, like Able Big Game 4s and stuff like that, you know like small mid-arbor reels just filled with backing might be 
might be like 80 pound to, to pat it out or even Dacron and then 300 meters of gel spun and then the fly line, you know? I've never come close to coming even halfway through the gel spun in that circumstance. Huge, yeah. heavy reels, like even the Syncrotex, they held, they held a lot. You love Syncrotex, do you? <laughs> I love giving people shit about Syncrotex. They're fine. <laughs> hey, they're, they're pretty good. You never hear of any issues with them. Um, <laughs> just the people who use them. But anyway, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's... Uh, like, uh, so, have you ever felt undergunned with your reels? Like, have you ever caught anything and gone, oh, holy shit. Oh, way off spec. Yeah. So, funny story. These reels aren't available anymore. Um, uh, you know, the, the brand of them is pointless, but they are. Um, they were scientific anglers, um, and I did buy them secondhand, and it was right at the start. So, let's keep the brand out of it. Maybe you could beep that out for me later. I don't know. But I had... That's I had right. Well, they don't make it anymore. Is it like System 2 or something? 6, 7 Mastery. Um, was oh, second. right. We're going um, way back. And I fucking loved that reel, right? Um, I bought it for brim fishing, ironically. And um, anyway, so there were two occasions, and they were it both used to on, be cool. They, they, they were both on long tails, um, and um, the the first one was um, um, I'll tell you off air. It was a second hand purchase, but you'll laugh. You won't be surprised when I tell you who I bought it off. Let's just call him Captain Maintenance. Cool. Anyway. Um, and I, was, I hooked a long tail. This was off uh, Malula Bar, actually. Um, and we were chasing Mac Tuna one day. And it was just one of those rare occasions where the school, you know how you sometimes see a school of long tails and they turn into Mac Tuna, like the Mac Tuna. Yeah. Bait. Well, this was the opposite. We were casting at this school of Mac Tunas and I had this this seven weight Strudwick DBT and, and then bloody uh, turns into long tails. It's one of the few times it's happened. So I hooked one of these things. I played it for ages and then the. Um, the handle fell off. You could feel it getting looser and looser. And handle fell <laughs> off. And I was fishing with Kroll at the time. We had this boat called Rivets, and Rivets um, was literally held together with rivets and screws. And um, there's always a loose screw hanging around somewhere. You know, Kroll never put back in or whatever. So we we got this this Phillips head screw, and we just jammed it into the hole where the where the post for the um, handle had been, and like used it as a handle. But the problem was, it was um, fixed. It was, yeah, it was fixed, right? And back then I had, um, I was a uni student. I had this, I only had one fly box and it was one of them really cheap ones. I can't even remember the brand, but like it was really Tupperware. Tupperware could have been like that, but it was, <laughs> anyway, that I was used the to brand. Hold, it, hold it together with a, one of those red posty rubber, rubber bands. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so get that rubber band crawl and we, we just twisted it around and, and fashioned a handle out of that. And anyway... Uh, we almost landed this thing, but yeah, cut the fuck out of my fingers, and um, and that was one occasion where I, I didn't have enough reel. Um, and the other occasion was also on a long tail. It was in it's in Morton Bay. Once again, we me and my mate Toddy, uh, we we used to have this tradition. We'd go fishing each year at, around Christmas, like just before Christmas, um, and we uh, we went brim fishing down in Port of Brisbane. Um, it was such a good day. It was the 23rd of December. And it was so fucking calm, like so calm. Because Toddy being Toddy is like, I was poke out the front, see if there's any tuna. So we got to Mud Island. And, you know, we'd seen a few splashes. Before we know it, we're over at bloody uh, Tangaluma. And, um, I, you know, I only had the, the seven weight, same outfit. And um, fuck me, mate, if some of the biggest long tails I've ever seen 
cruised under the boat, um, fed, fed one a candy and um, ended up landing it. I, I think I've shown you that photo. It's like I look about, well, I'm only 19 or 20 in this photo. Full set of hair, skinny as fucked. And um, yeah, I landed this thing and that, that reel, like that long tail got it smelling bad and actually got the drag warm enough that you could, like you could actually feel the drag heat up on. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was a hot day, full stop. But yeah, it um, it really gave that real uh, a you know a bit of a punishing. It wasn't the same afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never lost line capacity, but I've had drags to that. I'll tell you a small story. It was with Vockler actually. We were up a little bit. It was just dead still. No, it was overcast, dead still. Yep. We got a double hook up on um, a long tail, um, just off the beach. Only just left the river actually. Um, yeah. And I had, I had one of those systems too, like the all black ones and stuff. And um, um, and I smoked that thing. I cooked that thing. I really ruined the drag on that one. Uh, that was the first reel I had while I was fishing for tuna. Can I uh, can I ask? Was that the one with the dial on the back? Yeah, the little yeah. tiny dial, the size yeah. of a five cent piece on the back. You yeah. just get nothing towards yeah. But it, it did end up having no drag. But well beyond its intentional use for sure. But either yeah. way, it was it was a good reel. But then I upgraded to the next systems too, like the aluminium one. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that was aluminium as well, but the one that was more large arbor, you know. Um, yeah. Yep. And it was a great. I mean, it's a great reel. In fact, if I could buy that, I'd still buy that reel. It's a really, really good reel. Um, Is that the one PD still uses? Like that one? I believe so. Yeah, I've spoken to him yeah. about. It. He likes them too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They got like a caliper system on the drag. They've got this disc and it's got this this caliper, like little brake pads on them and stuff. Um, cool. Um, oh yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool idea. But that day, particular day, the double hookup, man, that it just there was smoke built. It was dead still, like it was really cool. <laughs> so like uh, Andy Turner, he was on, and I'm going, look at this. He turned around and goes, holy shit, look at the smoke. There was smoke coming off the reel, which is such a uh, um, a, a, a metaphorical thing that people talk about. Like the reel was smoking, but it was literally smoke coming off the reel. It was it was awesome. It was the only time I've ever seen it. It's never been still enough fishing for tuna. Like, it was just dead calm. That It just hung around like someone yeah. just, um, you know, was smoking cigarettes in, in a room, you know? Oh, Mockler was smoking back then, wasn't he? He would have been. Oh, yeah. He still does, I believe, right? Those clove cigarettes like old Chinese dudes do. <laughs> that's what he does. I don't even know why that's funny. It's just hilarious. Because yeah. <laughs> he's old. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually yeah. coming around to my joint tomorrow i'll tell yeah, you really? today yeah 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 let me know maybe give him a call though yeah for him yeah no well, he's coming physically around do you want me to do you want me to be on the phone when he shows up to you is what you nah, saying no i got a busy day <laughs> okay mate yeah, no, no worries. sorry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, do, I do i do for a catch up I, I hang too much shit on him and um i do need to catch up with him yeah. but yeah be cool good. man um well, listen, um, I can't really think of um, a great deal more that we would require <laughs> with... Um... I, I got a bit of advice. Okay, yeah, and no, I got a bit of advice from people based on, on that. When setting you, up? When, when, yeah, setting up. Yeah, make sure the um, uh, the real handle, like where the screw goes into the spool, maybe that's, you know, um, first of all, the, you quite often have two different kinds of metals there. Dissimilar. Hang on, are you going to go into maintenance or is this preventative? Yeah, I was gonna say Loctite that fucker because I've had I've had that come off a few times. I just told them. Oh, four, okay. Six, seven, yeah. I thought you were gonna talk about dissimilar metals and galvanic reactions or something. Yeah, galvanic electrolytic uh, things. What? But, electrolytic. Um, like, is that a word? 
Electrolytic. Oh, Google it. Electrolytic? Something like that. Yeah. But, um... Electrolytic drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, um... I've had... Electrolytic I've had, cell. I've, and I've corrosion. Had, yeah. Yep. I've had... Similar metals. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Am I talking... Oh, I thought you were going to talk then. So. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. waiting for it. Go, mate. Go. You go. Go. Yeah. I just told the story of the uh, 6 7 Mastery where the... Where the real handle fell off, but also had it happen on a um, on a very high end reel recently, um, and it cost me uh, you know a long time. I had to shove my finger into porting and wind in a fair bit of fucking line, and it pissed me off. Yeah, God, that sounds terrible, mate. Yeah, ah, people yeah. are starving in this world, and you have to wind that in with your finger. Well, you know, you, you don't That's... expect that to happen. You know? It is a fly fishing podcast, mate, and we can't talk about that. It's one of the horrors, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just yeah. check it out. It's easy enough when the reel's empty or new just to make sure all that is locked in. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to talk about in regards to the um, the, um, the corrosion aspect of it, the similar metals, a preventative part of setting up, which I don't really do with the reels I get these days. Not that I think don't think they're immune to it, um, but it might be worth considering if, you know, you plan on hanging on that reel forever or, um, you know, the resale of it. And that is, you know, dressing up those, um, those, those points of dissimilar metals, you know, sometimes it means, I know in construction, if we're going to work with dissimilar metals, like if you're going to put, um, you know, gal bolts through an aluminium, uh, you know, structure of whatever, or, um, or stainless and gal, you know, you can use nylon insults, uh, insults. <laughs> <laughs> inserts um <laughs> I, I prefer the teflon ones yeah the teflon insult. you prefer the teflon do you mate yeah, yeah yeah cool man um what is your trade background again sorry oh i don't have one mate you know oh sorry okay just a, yeah yeah i don't have a trade ticket or a, a license to rip people off but continue go oh cool man so you, you're on the block are you <laughs> I was shopping Bunnings, man. I know what's up. You know? Yeah, yeah. You've been buying wood by the centimetre. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, I don't think you could really... I think even a bit of, like, grease, like cow's grease or something like that between, like, doing the doing the bolts up and putting it back in with that would probably um, probably be good enough, in that, in my opinion. That's what I used to do. Some of the reels I used to have, like, uh, with the cork drags, which I've spoken about on the show before in regards to having a, uh, a preference for cork drag reels. I uh, still do. Uh, I used to dress them with the cow's grease as opposed to knees feet, um, but cow's grease can go anywhere. It's pretty good. You go in the bearings, go in the go in the screws, all this sort of stuff. It's um, it's good shit, as they say in the movies. Yeah. yeah, well, not any lube bolts. You you know, but um, but cow's grease in particular. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the reels are pretty simple Simple aspects of it, really, at the end of the day. There's not a lot to really set up when you talk about setting up a reel, but, you know, I thought it was just a good subject to leapfrog off, seeing that, uh, you know, you saw a bit of backing, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, it's always a good topic, mate. And do you, it, do you yeah. ever wash your backing? I should, but I don't. Neither do I. I. I don't do that, and I should clear my fly lines more often than I do, um, you know, but uh, they definitely will, you know, pre- perform better. But, yeah, no, I don't. But My fly lines are fucking filthy. They're filthy, eh? You know, I've um, I've never cleaned them, and they're getting, they've been getting enough use to be sounding like a violin string. I've got dressing here, 
and all that sort of stuff. And all I, I know that all I need to do is just run them through hot or warm soapy water, and uh, they'll be like brand new again. But God, I'm so lazy with that stuff. But I, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever taken the backing off one of my reels as a maintenance thing. I've taken it off to sell it. Um, I've been lucky enough to never see corrosion under those sort of things. Oh, I did have an able that corroded, but that was like a, a roosterfish one, so it had a little bit of the um, silver, you know, which 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 was pretty bad on ables for, for corroding. I think a lot of people found that a common thing. Um, but I, I've never taken the, the backing off uh, to completely, you know. Do people, do people do that, you know? Should we be talking about it? Is it worth talking about? Pulling back and off. Yeah, like as far as maintenance is concerned. I've heard of people pulling it off and then washing it in, like putting it in a washing bag and putting it in a washing machine. I don't know. What? How. You know, I know. I just, I'd, like, they're tying it up, like, you know, using cable ties to hold its, to hold its shape. Just to ask, you know, to me, it just sounds like a lot of big ass bundle, mate. You know? Um, yeah. Uh- I've only ever lo- I lost one fly line once, and um and I've only snapped the backing once, but it had nothing to do with it rotting or anything like that. I just my backing hit the china of my boat, and it was must have been a scratch on it or something. Yeah, right. That story had nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it was cool. It really <laughs> added some, put some flavour into the show. No one likes losing a whole fly. Somewhere there's a Mac tree and it's swimming around with a a whole um eleven weight tarp and taper clear intermediate. Oh, they were good lines. Yeah, yeah. That was a while ago. That was probably, probably, probably eighteen years ago, fifteen, eighteen years ago. I'm sure it's still hanging on. What's that? Sorry. Can Can you imagine how big it is by now? That Mac tuna. The Mac tuna is probably just swimming around in circles because the line's hanging out one side of its face, <laughs> just doing a loop of a little <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I felt bad for weeks with that fish for some reason. It's just a stinky mac tuna, it's crab bait, but it's still an animal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I've never never lost a fly line or had backing snap ever. Full stop. To be able to blame it on lack of maintenance. Yeah. I I, I often wonder about when I, I wash my reels down. I know we're getting into maintenance now. It's probably not a bad path to travel, really. But uh, when I finish with my reels, I've actually got to strip my reels down. I, I, I have dunked them in salt water many times, and I'm pretty confident with like reels like Shilton's to not have to worry about. But I'm gonna pull it apart just to check it out as I um, as we come into winter, and, and uh, um, just to check it out, I suppose. But uh, I've never pulled the backing off as part of that that maintenance case. But I could believe it could hold salt and things like that. But when I wash it down. I come back from a trip, I just run it under a tap and I just shake all, shake it out. I might, um, if I get really fancy, I might wipe it on my T-shirt. Um, but then I just let it air dry. And, and I don't seem to have any problems. Is that how you wash your reels down or do you some, them some, some sort of uh, other um, ritual? No, nah, man. I, um, uh, very, very similar to that. Yeah, I, I just gently, gently wash them down. I, um, uh, I've heard of people using, you know, high, well, high pressure hoses, but it actually just can make things worse. Um, but yeah, I, I just gently wipe, wipe whatever salt is evident, give it a quick, quick, um, gentle wash and that, that, then let it air dry. Yeah. Um, do you, yeah, get into a brush or anything like that, like some people do. Uh, 
look, I no, I get I get a towel and you know get into the a little bit into the crevices, but I'm just wiping away more than more than anything. Um, yeah, I, do, I if I get into if I strip a reel down to redress the drag and all that sort of stuff, that's when I'll go full OCD about stuff like that. But as far as just ending it for fishing, and I might only do that once. Maybe once every two years, you know, strip a whole reel down. Yep. So, you know, like it's um even after even when I used to fish for tuna, like yeah, like there was a, there was a while there that I, I didn't I I didn't need to be at work and I would just fish every day that for tuna that was fishable, and even after a year like that, um, I still didn't. I mean, I pulled my drag down after that, and it was it was it was still a beautiful looking cork color. It wasn't black. It was, uh, it was, you know, it'd have to take a lot, a lot of abuse. I don't reckon the the fish is what really ruins the dressing on your drag. I think it's probably the time and washing it down, or even some some oils probably go rancid. Even arguably, I don't know. I don't know what neat's feet oil is or what a neat's feet is. Is it a tree in it? Neat's feet? Don't know, man. Yeah, Why don't you know? Because I could Google it. I've gonna people getting good results of Google and Facebook for their knowledge. Have you tried that? I'm gonna. What's a neat's feet? <laughs> <laughs> what's a neat's feet? Uh, <laughs> let's see what Google tells us there. Uh, neat feet, not neat's feet. What's a neat feet? Foot and body care. What the fuck is a neat feet? I've never worked this. What it is? What it is? Is it? Is it? Is it? I'm sure no one's squashing a neat feet. What do you imagine? To make an oil like cold pressed neat feet. A weird, you know, like a weird animal that, like a snow runner or something, they're just crushing it up, or even a midget or something. So, are you yeah. telling me there's an animal called a neat, and they're squashing its feet? Well, it could have feet. I don't know. To like, make the oil, it's full of weird. You know, fly fishing's full of weird. You know, things making a contribution, you know, <laughs> jungle cock, um, you know, deer's bum, deer's belly. Um, Bucktails. Yeah. Oh, man. There's nothing on what what is neat feet. Saddle. Who owns neat feet? Cock neck, you know, um, some bad stuff out there. Well, I don't know, just neat feet could be anything. Man, it's, it's more ominous than night. Maybe it's made from the same unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe neat feet oil is made from naiads. I think if you delve into it deeply, you'll find it's narwhal, um, the nail off a narwhal, and they just grind it up. You, know? you mean a narwhal? Didn't that, didn't that that's pronounced? No. I mean, you're much more learned than I am, but... Yeah. Narwhal. N-A-R-W-H-A-L. What do you call it? Narwhal. Well, it's because they're a whale. I was thinking, nah, it's a whale. There's know? no end at the no e at the end of it. Unicorn whale. No. Yeah. It's a, nah, it's a whale. It's not a unicorn. Yeah. No, it's not. You're right. It's a beluga. <laughs> it's a loaded beluga, is it? It's a beluga with like a really bad fungus on its forehead. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Right. Well, that's interesting, mate. I'll tell you, that's a bit of homework. I wonder if anyone could tell us what what neat feet is. I'll yeah. tell you what you do. You get on to at Volte Fly Fishing. You like every picture first, and then you go on and you send the dude a message. 
at a certain time slot. And that time slot is? Uh, I don't know. I'm awake. Anytime. Yeah. Yep. Anytime is applicable for neat feet information. Oh, man. I just found out what Neat's foot is. What is it, dude? Neat's foot? Oil is a yellow oil rendered and purified from the shin bones and feet of cattle. So it's probably pretty close with the uh, with the narwhal. You say you well, well, narwhals um, spikes carrot keratin, isn't it? The Car- same stuff fingernails are made of. Yeah, which is the same thing. What bloody uh, oh well, oh, some feet no, of cattle hooves. What are the hooves of oh um, hooves is, is that what you, I thought you said shin bones. Yeah, well, shin's bone, isn't it? So yeah. It's yeah. Why would the bone of a shin be any different to, like, you know, the ribs or some other part of a cow? It's not. It's just uh, probably got. It's probably. Um, but it depends if the if the cow's from Thailand or not. You know, like it's probably a mu Thai. You know, it's probably got really strong strong shins. <laughs> Neat. In the in the old oil's name comes from the old English word for cattle. Yeah. Ah, right. Neat feet oil, right? Okay, there you go. And it's used for conditioning, softening, and preservative agent for leather. There you go, mate. So you yeah, right. Rub it on your leather. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, the interesting in it because I see it with, with my Google search. It's really centered around deodorants and and toiletries and stuff like that. So you, if you're going to put it under your armpit, you're really uh, using leather. You're tanning your armpit, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, funny. There's nothing in my research, uh, in my search results that that mentions deodorants at all. It's all about leather. Really? So it's it's amazing how how Google, you know, tailors its responses. Search <laughs> history, mate. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. You your one picks out the hairiest beast there is, and mine yeah. picks out personal hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. It's, uh, like, it's like one of us cares about personal hygiene and one of us is really hairy. It's really odd, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's yeah. a weird direction, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Get yourself some neat feed oil and um, hit that drag, brother. Yeah, man. It's a good idea for that cork, eh? Yeah. Would you put it on your... You put it on your <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been one to dress the cork on your rods? No, but I've heard of people doing that, using like all sorts of things, and people like sealing it up with varnishes and ester poles, and there's people using cornuba wax, and there's people using uh, other weird shit. It doesn't immediately come to mind. Um, Mr. Sheen, I've heard of people putting like spraying, soaking it in that. Really? Mr. Sheen? Yep. Mr. Sheen. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah. of that one. Yeah. I think uh, part of the decision-making process when you're about to do that is, do I ever want to sell my rod again? For sure, yep. It couldn't get more of a, um, a resale killer than, than coating your grip in wax or varnish or lacquer or something. Oh, okay, here's one for you. Um, I don't want to use their name, but there was a guy who was a bit, was a bit uh, opinionated, right? But he was into woodwork. Mm. Uh, you know, you and I call it timber work, but um, <laughs> that's been that's that's what we call them as tradesmen. Yeah, <laughs> timber work. I mean woodwork. Anyway, right? he was he was making up his own uh, uh, rods, um, and he was fashioning his grips instead of out of cork. 
he was using a lathe and just making them out of you know regular hardwoods mm. and um yeah and putting them on his rod so like they weren't compressed or anything like cork or comfortable to handle they were just hard wood oh wow yep uh-huh. well that's uh i mean yeah. i mean we really don't we, i don't really grip my fly rods enough to compress the cork i guess but i guess you would feel it but the hard wood you wouldn't feel the rod cast like you can sometimes feel the rod casting through the grip yeah you wouldn't feel that connected to it so no no it's uh interesting but then again um i don't know if these things move very much but the um but the graphite handles that edge rods started using back in the day you know i don't think i'm not sure if they flex a great deal either but they felt very sensitive you could feel everything through those yeah well i, I guess <clears throat> might yeah you're, you're right it might be so much about about um you know uh, flex or it might be more about trends you know talking I don't know, communicating the what's going on in the rod through to your hand, you know. It'd be heavy though, right? It felt unusual. Hey, I just, oh, you cast it, did you? Yeah, I gave it back to. Him. I couldn't put it down to because it was an unusual blank. I, I can't remember that the brand of blanks because you know at that particular time there wasn't a whole lot of blanks available. I had a feeling it might have been like a a New Zealand brand like Killwell or CD or something like that. So yeah, it, right, okay. It, wasn't that experienced with and you know to be honest he, he seemed stoked with it so good on him mate yeah yep. yeah a bit of a diy yeah. yeah it'd be um it'd be yeah. <laughs> i was just trying to line up something to do with blanks and volts jefferans but uh it wasn't going to work association <laughs> 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 playing out i couldn't i couldn't tie it together not fast enough i'd have to go away and think about it <laughs> it might be I might work on something from the next show introduction yeah yeah it was pretty clever you were uh, on the right path yeah yeah there's something there I just can't I can't link it yeah. just can't link it together <laughs> so what does the uh, what does the change in season uh, mean for you Volti as far as uh, fishing is concerned mate what's um what's coming up mate uh you know, every year I say I'm going to spend winter uh, nailing down uh, uh, Ludric. Um, I just want to make sure I call them the right word there. Um, I'd love to get get a few of those under my belt in a few different situ- situations and scenarios. But each year uh, I don't get it done. Uh, I've still got a, a packet of flies here, which a listener um, kindly heard about my plight previously i had the same resolution last year maybe the year before and they sent me a, a dozen flies so we tend to use them this year i think i think listeners and and i think it'd be a miss for myself to not um to not be proactive in encouraging you to, to achieve this goal this year volts do you have um do you have some places in mind like are you pioneering that much or have you got you know a place to get this done you don't have to give it away but i mean yeah you know <coughs> I'm open to suggestions, man. I I'm, I don't have to find that spot myself. I, I you know, and somebody it's satisfying that, right? Yeah, that is satisfying. But I'm not above being having my hand held the first time. I'm not that good, so yeah. Yeah. Are you? Are, do you have a full setup of networks to, to to for that reason by any chance? Or uh, well, I can't think of many people like in my close circle have done it, mate. 
you know, like, mm. you know, um, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you haven't done Ludric on Flyness, Sunny Coast or local? Oh, you? I haven't. My uncle's in a, was in a Blackfish Association. He used to do it a lot. I know where he could go and get it done, but, you know, um, I mean. There was an probably... association for it? Yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah, right. Was it like well, it was all they're all center pins and glass rods and super nerds, you know, they're way nerdier than fly fishing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they used to catch a lot, a lot from the sunny coast. But uh, I know exactly where that was. It's no, a lot of people do. It's no secret. But there'd have to be areas in um, in the greater area of Brisbane, right? That they would have them as well, right? Ah, uh, possibly. Yeah, yeah. There, there. Well, it definitely is. Um... But yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll check some of them out. I, the, the place I was thinking about, I mean, it might have changed the, the boardwalk at Caloundra. I mean, that's a very famous spot. Oh, it's very different. I mean, the, the bar's closed up there. There's no flow of water anymore. They, 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 they might be there, but I, I doubt it. Yeah, I was going to ask, has, have you, has the boardwalk, has that end of Bullcox and that changed much due to the bar not opening up or what? I would say it has, dude, for sure. I mean, it's a whole new river mouth now. It's um, um, but at the same time, man, that that place probably hasn't hasn't been as conducive to fly fishing as as you think, you know, as as it has been to other areas. I mean, you could you could drive like a, a an hour and a half south, man, and get to some of the places in northern New South Wales that are just on fire for that stuff. I fished Pottsville with a friend of mine, Kurt, who lives there, and um, I only did it for one day. Then I got deathly sick, um, but. It was incredible. It was really good. You can you see them on the flats, like cruising around. I probably should probably should bleep that name of that town out so it doesn't get obliterated. But you, I don't know why they don't do it. But there was there was Ludrick everywhere, everywhere. You know, it's so cool. Tell me, tell me about you getting deathly sick. What happened? Uh, I I, I I got a I got a sinus infection. It was over Christmas. I just didn't feel it one day, and then I woke up the next day, and then I just. Got a sinus infection and um, it hurt like hell. It was it sucked? I hardly slept for days. Damn, it sucks, man. Yeah, it does. It was horrible. It's something I don't want to go through again in my whole life. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. Gross. That's enough to make you angry. That, that's ugh. Yeah, it was over Christmas and um, pretty much just yeah spent a week down there and I had one day fishing when I hang up with Kurt and then the rest of the time there I was just um, couldn't move. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do get a lot down there. Come to think of it, family holidays down at um, Brunswick Heads. Um, yeah, that's it's nice down there, man. That's what I mean. Like that, that pursuit of the Ludric would be a good, a good pursuit for a family man. You know, you know, like uh, there's always around some really nice areas around Rockwalls, land-based. You know, yeah, uh, good picnic areas. You could uh, take Chewy along. Man, I'd love to take Chewy fishing. That'd be great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have a support animal while you're fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, if I want something hairy and noisy, and uh, you just bring a but, mirror. But fun? Oh. No, I was gonna say I'd take Kyle. But, oh yeah. right. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, winter brings it brings new prospects, mate. Uh, that's for sure. It's um, it's 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 good. It's a good time of year. I like it. I like yeah. winter. I like, um, yeah, it's good. There's less people on the water and the fishing is arguably better than summer, especially around here. Yeah. You know what I, I always seem to do better with stream carp in winter than I did in summer, hey, back in the day? Um, 
but a lot of, I know like a lot of pe- people's opinions who you know I take you know very very seriously like Bolchi and that so nah it's heaps better in summer um and get too hot for him though from what I hear yeah that, that was my experience hey the, the colder days we're right at the northern extremity of their uh, of their of their range mm. um so you know like our our summer in Brisbane is pretty warm compared to you know what's happening down south so uh, mm. you know and the temperatures we have in the spring and autumn and even in winter might be you know what a you know a, uh, one of the cooler seasons are down there so um if that makes sense yeah it doesn't but it's cool doesn't. yeah <laughs> at, at, it is at this cool. stage of the show man it's um yeah. you can say whatever you like yeah their summer down in victoria might be you know our spring or autumn up here. For some reason, trout don't seem to survive up here. It's hotter. Except it's in a roo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, man. I hear what you're saying. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, carp are definitely not on my mind in winter, 100%. Um, I, I leave the fresh water and um, and spend more time in the salt, for sure. That yeah, what are you going to taste, mate? That could be all-nighters for uh, things like jewfish. I probably I feel like I'm getting too old to fish for Jewfish now. Like those all nighters, man, they're brutal, eh? Yeah, they are so brutal to like on your. It takes me days to recover from that. Well, that's that's the problem for me is we have that all nighter, but I get home, you know, four a.m. sometimes. Um, but my family needs me up, you know, five and six, so I actually don't get much sleep, and then I'm wrecked the next day. It takes you a while to catch up on it. You're just useless for your family, useless for work. Um, it's just fucking not cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna um, have more daytime exploits. Um, before uh, the the year before these last two floods that happened, found some pretty good saltwater stuff. But uh, um, I'm gonna go back and have a look at that this year. I think it uh, couldn't do it the last two seasons because of the floods. Oh, what species were they, mate? Um, just queenies and goldies, basically. Oh, okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about brim and trying to talk around it. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, I haven't. Uh, no, mate. It's uh, no, I do. I have no problem fishing with brim, mate. As you know, I like brim. They're great. I know you feel as though you're above them and you're more important than most people, but um, <laughs> I would rather be fishing than, than not fishing because they're brim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, mate. I find brim to be a, a very challenging target and a very worthy adversary, adversary for. Um, for fly fishing. Yeah, cool, man. Plus, you get to use your Dacron. Be good. Well, yeah. in fact, I have got Dacron on my reel for that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even kidding you. I've got uh, got Dacron on my brim reels because I'm never going to use it. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. What do you think about that? Like I said, I think it's cool. Do okay. you really think it's cool? I mean, cool seems to be like a word you might be using to fog off the whole subject. But I think that if you look deep enough into it, you would like them too, Volts. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard fish. They're hard fish to catch. But no, yeah. I won't be spending time on brim go deep in winter. It's it's not the sort of sort of situation I want to catch them. I don't want to dredge for brim, you know? Uh-huh. What about schooling bass? Are you gonna do that this this winter? I haven't fished for bass for a couple of years now. So how are you gonna do it though? I couldn't. I don't think I could if I wanted to. All the all the dams have lost all their fish, from where I live, anyway. Yeah, right. Like, uh, I think 
Lake McDonald or even Barumba like, to talk about two local lakes, like they've been going over for two years in a row now. I don't think there'd be any, any mature fish left in them. Well, that'd be interesting, actually. There's there's certainly been a lot caught in a lower Mary, hasn't there? So, you know, oh, look, yeah, the Mary's on fire with them. Like, yeah, you got to you got to hide your fly to tie it on for bass in that river now at the moment. Crazy, hey? Yeah, between them and the Sooties. Yep, yep. Yeah, that could be a bit of fun. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, yeah, it's still not really wintry species though. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, that freshwater's freshwater's definitely better in the warmer weather, no doubt. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, the, some of the fish, I think, I just think the fish hold up better in 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 winter in salt water too. You know, like they you can, they they don't get beat up as quick. You know, like if you some of the goldies were catching in um, December last year in in North Queensland, you can't have them out of the water for more than you probably if you counted a twenty weight them in the water, they're dead. You know. Some of the other ones you, in, in winter that you catch, you can have them out of the water for much, much longer if you needed to. Not that you would, but um, they just they release so much easier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's valid point. Yeah. Good point. Valid point. More valid points, mate. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if um, if the new zoning went through for, like, if I was to travel that far and go, go up there and have a look around for Harvey Bay if the zoning come through, but... I can't see that happening anytime soon. I think a lot of people will be sitting back going, I fucking told you so. Um, but well, anyway, we'll... Hasn't it? We're still waiting for an hour. Yeah, I believe that um, in regards to that, I guess, you know, to, to uh, I wasn't I wasn't intending to bring it up as a, its own subject, but I read somewhere the other day that the reason why it hasn't come through yet is because they're, they're going through the opposing submissions for the proposal that they, um, that they wanted to go through you know so there was four stages or four options um for those who know the government wanted to go for one number three which suits a lot of people but a lot of people had um had rebuttals to these uh to their proposal and i think they're just taking they're, they're taking the time to go through all them thoroughly of which there was a lot apparently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope that process results in a good, uh, well, favourable outcome, a sensible one. For everyone. Yeah, for everyone. The greatest, yeah. greatest number. Yeah. Well, hopefully they revert back to their normal behaviours and they don't end up on windshields or anything like that. That'd be that'd be ideal. I mean, that's pretty bad behaviour for um, for fish to be out of the water like that. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, anything else to add to the uh the discussion tonight mate false i'm i'm really um racking my brain to see if i can think of anything but i i feel as though that we've covered um we've covered a show that we had no direction to start off with quite well um really and yeah i think that's the best we can do now people apologize for the for the guestless show for a second week in a row <laughs> it's a it's a fucking tough time of the year man like between school holidays and and work and more public holidays and people fucking off to new zealand and shit like that you know it's it's really yeah. tough that, um to to uh get on top i'm sure people would expect and understand that we put our work and family before the podcast right yeah and that's yeah. that's exactly the reason why you're looking listening to a guestless episode again really yeah yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's probably it for me, man. I I don't even, you know, I haven't had time to think about too much else. So, guess what? You don't like it. You already listened. <laughs> but yeah, that's true, mate. We've got your download. <laughs> <laughs> it's appreciated, and I hope you got something out of it. No, you know, on that subject, I suppose it's um, it uh, yeah, we should, I should, we should probably make it a little bit of a deal. And it is appreciated that you that you've listened. Really appreciate it wherever you are in the world. We know we can be boring, and we know we can cover some stuff every now and then. We know that it's fly fishing. We know that you love fly fishing just as much. But um, the listenership is gaining huge momentum. It's um, it's been really good. It's going up all the time. And for that, I'm sure I could speak on behalf of yourself, Volts, um, in saying that um. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, tuning in and thank you for um, putting up with, with Volts mainly, you know. But, um, and, you know, I know I'm super easy to listen to. Volts, you love it, right? I've listened to you for many, many hours, man. Hopefully, <laughs> more. yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, mate, I, I timed the beginning of the show where we listened to you talk about tuna 22 minutes before I said a word. You started out talking, mate. It's, well, there's two people on the show. It's not unusual. <laughs> 22 minutes to you. Which, which personality are you referring to? <laughs> um, the stopwatch personality, because anyone could um, just check it out. Cool, man. It's there to be seen, buddy. It's okay, though, mate. It was, it was riveting stuff. Riveting stuff. You told a great tale. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, you're welcome. All right, Volts, what do you say we get the hell out of here, dude? All right, mate. mate maybe hear from you tomorrow when you've got Buffalo there, mate. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't see us calling you, dude, but um, your name will probably come up. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. That'd be great. Yeah, cool. Got to yeah. give... Um, we're gonna, I'm going to have to let Buckler know what we talk about and give him the right of reply, mate. Look, everything will be fine. Just make him a nice instant coffee. You'll love it. And that's it. A blend yeah. 43. Mm. Enough but the finest, yeah. Mm. Sometimes, if it's pay week, just lash out and try the Makona Gold. You know, <laughs> I'll have to go get some. Yeah, yeah, I think it's on special Woolies, man. So. Yeah, under the rancid aisle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's right next to the cereals where it's labelled worst tasting things in the world. <laughs> Nescafe. All right, man. All right, man. Catch you. See ya.